Welcome back to another episode of CTE. This isn't a football pod. Um, we said earlier, if you looked at our stories on Instagram, which you should, if you're not following our Instagram, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Our posting is going to be a lot more consistent now. We got more people on it. You know, it's just a busy summer for me, Cam, and Trey. It's still our podcast, but we got more boys here. We're expanding. We're going to be better. So, speaking of more boys, if you look down the stories, like I said, we called up Ben Johnson from our minor league system, and he's going to be doing baseball. He's going to be doing hockey. He's going to be doing our ETC episodes. It's going to be a good time. But speaking of baseball, me and Ben are going to be doing baseball, and it's going to be great. Joe just got married. He's super busy, so we sent him down to AAA. You know how it is. So, Ben, how do you feel about your call-up, man? I'm excited. Um, you know, I feel like uh, down in AAA, I was, I, I was, I was hitting, I was stealing, I was doing well. I was getting walked all the time. I yeah. felt like I was ready. We saw your OBP was pretty high, and you know, we just figured, and Joe, we had to put Joe on the IL. You know, why not? It's the best time to call you up. Anyways, you're here. You're excited. It's going to be fun. We're starting our baseball today. It's a good time to start. We're not too late in the season. We're not too early. We have stuff to talk about. It's not like it's opening day. We're just guessing. So, not talking about baseball at first. I got a question for you, Ben. And it's a two-part question, okay? Okay. I need it? to know your favorite classic rock band. It doesn't have to be rock, just any kind. You know, just favorite older band. And what's your favorite band right now that's Ooh. making music right now? So let's so, hear, let's hear your uh, older band first. Older band, there is only one of my mind. It is my my favorite. It was shown to me by my grandfather, and it's got to be the Eagles. Mm. Every album, and I'm considering the albums from their self titled to the long run. Yeah, um, every album start to finish fantastic there's not a bad song and with having glenn fry uh bernie ledden at times uh randy meisner don henley all singing joe walsh mm-hmm. too at times you it, there's you there's a song for everybody they're fantastic love the eagles um i had to choose i'd take them on a desert island um and my favorite band right now, it's been my favorite band to listen to probably for the last year and a half, okay. is Mount Joy. Yeah. Love Mount Joy. Um, every, just like the Eagles, every album, good from start to finish, very enjoyable. It fits every mood. Mm. Um, when I'm feeling sad, it lifts me up. When I'm feeling happy, it, it chills me out. Uh, it just like makes me feel better. There's some great songs. If you've ever listened to Sheet, Go give a listen, Silver Lining, yep. My Vibe, Rearrange of Strangers, Orange Blood, all fantastic. Mm-hmm. What just, about you, Saul? They're really good. But mine is, I would say the Eagles finally mix it up. And Led Zeppelin for me, uh, not a bad album. Mothership's clearly the best. But they've got a lot of good songs strung out through their other, other albums. And they're just, they're super talented, super good. That's one of those bands I wish I could have seen in their prom just to know what that was like, you know. But my favorite band right now is a band that I love listening to. It's my vibe. They're really good. It kind of feels like a local band. They're from Athens. And that is the uh, Future Birds. 
Ooh, good yeah. choice. They're they're just so good. You you got their like more basic songs like Rodeo and Trippin', which by basic I mean songs that if you don't really know the Future Birds, but you've heard them before, those are probably the ones you've heard. But songs like Saint Summer Camp and you know Cereal Balls, those are probably my favorites. But they're they're just so good. Big fan of them. Yeah, I was. I, I really want to see live. So they're they're fantastic live. Um, actually, right before COVID hit, that was the last concert I went to. Was <laughs> Future Birds up at a uh, radio room in Greenville? Yeah, yeah, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. But moving on from music, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, and that is baseball. So Ben, we're gonna start off strong. I would say let's do power rankings, but it's a little early for that. It's a little early for that. We're not going to start on that quite yet. You, I mean, some of these teams we could say today could end up finishing third in their division. You know, no. we're not going to do that right now. It's a variable sport. Anything we, can happen. Yeah, but what we are going to talk about is our MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year for each league. And we're going to start off with my favorite league, the National League. Ben, ah, best one. who's your National League MVP right now? No doubt in my mind, there's only one person right now that I think holds that spot, and that is Aaron Judge. For National League? He, not National League. Well, sorry, I was looking at the AL. That's my bad. We got ahead of ourselves. Uh-huh. Just, just jumping in the gun. But it's the same with the National League. There's one person that stands out there, and it's Manny Machado for the, yeah. the DNL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I mean, we can. he's both of ours, so we can just talk about him collectively. I mean – for me, he's one of the most underrated players and overhated players. He gets a lot of hate, but for me, he's a Hall of Fame lock. I Absolutely. mean, you look at what he did in Baltimore. I mean, he he's just unbelievable. And he is hitting he's hitting 361 this year. I'm not a big batting average guy. I'm an OBP guy, but we're looking at batting average right now. And it, it's just hard to think about what the Padres would be doing without him, considering they also don't have Tatis right now. That's what I was about to say. Is like with Tatis injured right now, Machado is, for lack of a better way to put it, he's carrying the Padres. Yeah, I mean, uh, is is Machado going to hit three sixty one this year? No, but he's just beyond MVP for me right now. I mean, you could look at some pitchers, but like I'm thinking of the Padres without Manny Machado right now, and they'd be they'd be struggling. Yeah, I mean, like they, looking at it. They've got guys who are hitting okay, but it's just – it's the Machado show. Well, looking at it, like, he's got 60 runs – so or 60 hits so far in 34 runs. Um, He's hit in 27 guys um, with RBIs and has – he's gotten walked 22 times. He gets on base Mm -hmm. in a big thing. Uh, He's only got eight home runs, uh, not too far behind, like, the lead, but – still doing well and it, it, like we said earlier on base percentage is probably one of the biggest stats to look at and yeah. in terms of like good players you're looking for and right now he is he's got a high on base percentage yeah and we don't even have to talk about his glove he's elite defensively i mean he, he's just that guy um i'm not i'm not a fan of him as a person necessarily but like it's hard to sit here and act like he's not having the best start of his career, arguably. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Moving on from that, we've done our National League MVP. We're going to move on to our National League Cy Young. And, Ben, let's hear yours first. So, 
going off of current stats, I look at Joe Musgrove. I think he would be where if it carried over the whole season, that's that's who I'd look at. To be right, honest. right. But don't think he can really carry that throughout a whole season. Yeah. And if I had to place a bet now as to who I thought it would end up being, in, is Corbin Burns. Yeah. He's he is probably I I. I'd go as far as say probably in my opinion one one of if not the best pitchers in the National League, mm-hmm. and with sixty seven strikeouts so far this season, a two eighteen ERA, and yeah. uh, it's a sub one uh, walks plus hits per inning. He, I, I, I think he can keep it up all season. Yeah, and he also has seven quality starts. He's just he's pitching so good. So, mine is probably a slept on pick, but somebody who's just balling this year he's pitching so good and that's Pablo Lopez from Miami you know he's got a 204 ERA and he's just pitching so good and arguably one of the hardest divisions to pitch in you know you got the Phillies lineup the Braves lineup the Mets lineup I mean the Nationals yeah you got to pitch against Juan Soto but yeah but he's just pitching so well and he's one of those guys I could see keeping it up all year no he's not gonna have a two two ERA to end the season that's not gonna happen but He's probably my favorite right now, but we both know that if Jacob DeGrom was pitching, he'd be our – I don't care what the situation is, he'd probably be our signing pick right now. Absolutely. But he's not pitching right now, and that's something you got to consider. So, moving on from Cy Young for the National League, let's talk about a rookie of the year. Who do you have here, Ben? Um, I've got Suzuki. He would be my pick. Of all the rookies in the NL, he's the only one that's really, I think, stood out to me. Yeah. Um, there's some, there are some good uh, rookies there, uh, but he's the one that just stands out the most. He's mm-hmm. really stepped it up into the MLB uh, with, and come over and done good for the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, he's probably my favorite right now as well, just because, you know, it's a long season. Somebody will emerge. But as of right now, the National League rookie class is looking pretty weak. And he he's not hitting as good as he was last month, but I do think he's probably still my favorite as of right now. But do I think he'll win at the end of the year? No, but these are our current rankings. So, National League's done. Let's talk about American League, which you've already spoiled yours and mine. <laughs> American League MVP, which if you keep up with baseball, you knew this was coming. It's Aaron Judge right now. Yeah, Dude is like doubt. rookie year Aaron Judge minus the – excess of strikeouts like he is figuring it out and he is playing so well leads to MLB in home runs he's hitting over 300 the Yankees are just the best team in baseball so it's got to be Aaron Judge I don't really know what else there is to say do you have anything to add to that I mean it's unanimous for me I was about to say I, w- I wish I had anything else to add but you kind of took all the words I would have said out yeah I mean you could easily give MVP to Otani because he's pitching really well this year and he's still hitting really well but like Aaron Judge is on a different level right now. Do I think he's going to keep this pace average-wise? Probably not, but don't be shocked if Aaron Judge hits 50 home runs. If he's healthy, he will hit 50 home runs. At Yankee Stadium, I mean, that's basically a little league stadium. If he doesn't, that's his fault. What is it, 290 uh, on the short board? It's ridiculous. But moving on from MVP, let's talk about AL Cy Young. Who you got here, Ben? This one's one's interesting because – I think the clear front runner right now is Verland. Yeah. But I think somebody that it, it all comes down to, can they keep it up over the course of, of the whole season? Mm-hmm. 
somebody that could sneak up that I like is uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah, he did get lit yeah. up recently, but um, he he's got some good looking stats. He's pitching uh with a one two one six two ERA. Uh, I think it's a point eight eight uh walks plus hits per inning, and he's got forty three strikeouts so far this season. So. Yeah, I mean he he's he's my pick right now too. I mean he's playing he's pitching so well. It's like he never got hurt. Um, you know, is he going to keep this pace? Probably not. But I mean, so it, let's say my pick is Justin Verlander, but let's say my number two is probably going to be Michael Kopech. He's got a one two nine ERA. He's pitching so well. He's young. He's one of those guys that's going to be like a staple for the White Sox as long as they don't trade him. I'm kind of worried it's a Lucas Giolito situation where he's going to kind of fall off after having his best year. But I really like Kopech, and, you know, I don't see why this can't continue. His stuff is nasty. I'm a huge fan of him. But moving on from Cy Young, American League Rookie of the Year, this is a much stronger rookie class than the National League. Who do you have here? Um, ooh, this, one, this one's tough. I, I'm between two players on this because right now, if it ended now, the player I'd pick would be Jeremy Pena, mm-hmm. without a doubt, in my mind. I think he in the AL is that rookie. Um, but I think long term, I, I really like Julio Rodriguez. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think he's got a good skill set, and as he starts to heat up, he gets more used to the league. I think he can easily take it take it away. Um, one player though that I think I'd be interested to see what happens and see how he adapts to the league uh, would be Bobby Witt Jr. too. I'm a huge fan of Bobby Witt Jr. He's my second favorite rookie um, in this class behind Adley Rutschman, who could easily win rookie of the year, but we're talking as of right now. Um, for me, it's probably it's probably like a tie between Pena and Julio Rodriguez. I mean, they're literally generational prospects, multiple generational prospects getting caught up right now. I mean, Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rutschman, you know, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, it's just so exciting to see all this happening right now in baseball. But, um, yeah, I'm probably going to lean Jeremy Pena right now, but my pick for the end of the season is probably going to be Julio Rodriguez. So, moving on from that, I'm going to say this. Me and Ben are both Braves fans, okay? And like it or not, we're going to talk about the Braves. We're going to basically cover their week every podcast. If you're not a Braves fan, you can skip through this part. Don't really care. We like the Braves. We're going to talk about them. So, Ben, what needs to change? We're starting to play a little bit better, but at the end of the day, we're definitely on a World Series hangover. We're second in the division. I do think we need to take a deep breath. But what needs to change? Well, I think first off, you start from a fan's perspective. We are definitely not in a position to be in full freakout mode, like what's going on. No. Uh, I think last year is a great example of that. And it's going to be the cop-out answer for a lot of people, but we weren't above 500 until I think it was mid-August. Yeah. And once we got above 500, that started heating up. Pitchers started doing even better. We ended up going on and, as history wrote it, won a World mm-hmm. Series. Um, I think right now our biggest problem is – in my, in my mind, I was going to say before this past week uh, at catcher uh, and pitcher, but Wilson, uh, not Wilson, but William Contreras, Wilson's mm-hmm. brother, has he's really shown, especially in the lineup at, with a bat, 
he is fantastic. And he's yes. starting to really come into his potential. Um, I think he's hit, including yesterday's game, I think it's now seven home runs in 12 games since uh, getting called up after uh, Boyd right. got in. Right. So I think that might start to alleviate some of those issues. Um, as long as he can help with like pitch placement and making some of those right calls with mm-hmm. our pitchers, we'll start to get better. But I think I also feel like we need one more starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Great. Charlie Morton. I love him to death. He was fantastic last year, especially during the playoffs. Mm. But this year, his stuff's just – it's been – it's not been as good. And I think it's also him showing he's 38, 39 now. Yeah. He's getting up there. And I think he'd be best serviced, like, in that four or five slot in the rotation. Let it be freed the ace, move Anderson up the two or Kyle Wright up the mm-hmm. two. Have one of – have Anderson or Kyle Wright in the two or three slot, Morton in the four – or five, and then find another pitcher to uh, start in that other four or five slot. Add some, add some power. Add a, add a, a solid fastball in there. Some good yeah. off speed, and really bring home this uh, lineup because our bullpens, it, it, it's a solid bullpen, it especially is. with the addition of like Kenley Jansen. Uh, McHugh has also been really good at the start of the season. Um, I'll be really interested interested to see how Spencer Strider does. Yeah. Uh, by the end of it, if he can get some more control on his fastball with it being a hundred uh, plus, mm. he can become a deadly uh, option out of the bullpen. Yeah. So for me, it's something that stands out to me is our team leader in batting average. Like I said, not the most important stat to me, but it is important when your team leader is Ozzy Albies hitting two fifty three. Like yeah. with. Our lineup, we got to have somebody hitting over that. I mean, Matt Olson's leading OBP with 361, which is pretty good. But, you know, there's a lot of power throughout this lineup. But I feel like this lineup – I watch – a lot of times watching the Braves, it feels like we can't score unless we hit a home run. And you can't win – you just can't win games and it'll be consistently like that. You're not going to hit home runs every day. Um, but some nights it feels like this lineup is like – Shows up wanting to play. Obviously, they want to play every night. That's ridiculous. But sometimes it just feels like they have a good approach one night. The next night, they're going to swing at everything. And what this lineup needs is they need to – obviously, you're not going to have one through nine all clicking. You'll have nights like that, but most of the time, that's not going to happen. But we've really got to get more production out of the middle of the lineup. Um, Yes. It's – Ozuna's been good. I mean, you're not going to expect him to hit high average, but he, he's leading the, leading the team in home runs. But, like, we just got to have more. Um, yeah. We got to have more timely hits. We leave a lot of people on base. I mean, that was the same problem last year. But I think – I'm not worried yet. At the end of the day, we're second in the division. I mean, we got to – the Mets have a pretty good lead on us, but we can catch up. We're good. We have a good enough team to win a World Series again. Absolutely. But they're not and, playing like it. They're just not playing like it. And that's always – that's what been one of my biggest, like, gripes is we don't play enough small ball. Um, it's actually one of the things that got me so excited about Acuna coming back because it seems like since his injury, he's changed his game a little bit. He wants to get on base instead of just swinging for the fences, um, which does bring me to another question I was going to ask you. Do you think Acuna can finish with a with a 30-30 season? 
I want to say yes, but it seems like every other night he's getting scratched from the lineup. And I feel like in a way they might have rushed him back. I mean, when he plays, he's good. But I wouldn't be upset if they just threw him on the 10-day one more time and said, when you come back from this, we want you full go. Because it feels like every other night it's like, oh, he's got tightness here. They sit him, they sit him, they sit him. We need him consistently in the lineup if we want to win a World Series this year. Um, I mean, who knows what we're going to do at the trade deadline. You saw what happened last year. But, like, as of right now, we won it last year without Acuna, but we're not going to this year unless we make moves. I don't want to have to do that again. Um, Yeah. And one thing I think that gets forgotten, too, is that – and because I keep forgetting about it, is Eddie Rosario is still on the team. Um, he's still on the IL because uh, he had uh, surgery on his so eye. Fix a, yeah, a problem with his eye, which mm-hmm. hopefully that like is in reflection of like that's why he wasn't hitting so bad. I think he went like one for twenty something starting yeah. out the year. So hopefully after coming back from that surgery, coming back from the IL, he starts. He can come in, do a job, um, and we can on, honestly shift off uh, demerit from necessarily a starting and let him sit on the bench, yeah. play a bench role like he probably really should. Yeah, I think when he's ready, he'll be good enough to take Rosario's spot completely, but yeah. he's just not yet. So that's about all we have to cover for the Braves. Um, you know, we're winning right now against the Phillies. That'd be two series in a row against division teams. That'd be huge. But let's move on and say let's do American International here. Because that's what matters. Who's going to lead the league? Who's going to lead the American League in home runs? I think it's uh, it goes to the person that's already leading it in yes. Aaron Judge. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think a lot of that also just comes back to the pace he's already at, the the tech, like and the Terry's going on, but also just how that the short porch at Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be – he's going to hit significantly more in the AL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Judge, I mean, it's hard to not say him right now um, for the American League. So, National League, there's a few guys at the top, but I don't think any of these guys are going to lead the league in the home runs. Like, right now it's C.J. Crone for the Rockies. I don't think he's a good enough player to keep this up all year. He's leading the National League with 12. We'll tie with Mookie Betts. Um my pick for National League home runs, though, is probably going to be Pete Alonso. Um, you know, he's probably got the best pure power in the National League, and he he's hitting them out this year. Um, so he's probably my pick for National League. Good pick. Um, yeah, no, I, the National League home runs has had me stumped because mm-hmm. there's just the players that are all up there are not necessarily the conventional players I'd expect. Um, really, it's, it's it. I, yeah, it's like it's one of those that I honestly don't even know if I really have a person I'd want to pick. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to tell right now for sure. It's because, like, and also, like, when you look at it, I think even all the way down into what is it tied for 12th is a lot of people, uh, almost down to 20th. I think it's like 19 through one. There's four home runs that separate that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like, I'm gonna take the cop out answer. I'm like, I really don't have an idea or any idea who's gonna end up taking home that uh, yeah. title. Yeah, that's fair. 
That's fair. I mean, it's a hard stat to predict for sure. So we're going to move on from that. We're going to move on to our next topic, who pitcher I've always loved. You know, when he was in Detroit, I was a huge fan. And that's Justin Verlander. He's 39 years old, coming off Tommy John, pitching as good as he ever has. Can he keep this up all year if he's healthy? Assuming he's healthy. Everything we say is assuming they're healthy. I think he definitely – I think if he's healthy, he definitely can. Um, I think the issue is is that if he hits one minor setback, that can get into his head and mm-hmm. it could completely derail everything. And like we said earlier, he's the AL candidate for Cy Young right now. Yeah. Um, and that's really kind of where that comes – that like thought of can he keep it up comes into play mm-hmm. is like he is 39. And like I saw, talked about Charlie Morton earlier. Charlie, Charlie's showing his his age at this point. And they're roughly around the same same frame of uh frame of age, and I think that I think Verlander can do it. He's at that elite level where he's been doing it so long. He knows the mental the mental trials to go through. Um, I think he can. It just also comes back to it, what's the minor injury setback or any injury setback that happens throughout the season. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. I mean, like. I don't think he'll keep up this exact pace. He's his ERA is going to be above two, but if he keeps it under three, coming off Tommy John as a thirty-nine-year-old, it, it's going to be hard not to give him Cy Young. Oh yeah, um, and he, he's just—he's an automatic favorite for me. I mean, he's balling. I mean, what else is there to say about him? So we, we we're both voting yes if he's healthy. That he'll keep it up. So. Let's talk about a team that should be better than they are, but they're not playing like it, and that's the Boston Red Sox. So, for me, looking at this lineup, it's one of the best in the American League. I mean, Bogarts, Devers, I mean, they've just got guys. But what seems to be the problem for me is their pitching, and that was, that's been the problem for a couple of years. You know, sales not back yet, but when your ace is Nick Pavetta, or probably Nathan Valdi. But when those are your two guys that debate for your ace, that's a problem. Yeah. But they are hitting their shot a little bit. Trevor's story is starting to hit. Do you think they're going to be all right? And um, me saying they're going to be all right, I do not think they're going to make the playoffs. But I, I want that team to finish with about 80 or so wins, and I'd be content with it, considering how tough that division is with the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Yankees. I mean, it's, it's going to be almost impossible for them to make the playoffs. But what, what do you think about the Red Sox? Is it a fluke that they're playing so bad, or are they just not as good as other teams in their division? Well, I think I think it's one, definitely. They're, I don't think they're as good as some of the other teams in their division. But when you look at it, there's the Yankees, the Rays, the Blue Jays. We've talked about it that uh, all three of those teams are in the – uh, top five to top ten of power rankings. Right yeah. Now. Um. So they're definitely it, it, that's a hard, hard division. That's going to be a a fight and a death match all the way to the end for those wild card spots. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the Yankees are might end up running away with the that that, that pennant easily. Um. Just based on how they're doing right now. Yeah. But um. It's it's definitely the pitching though, and it's one of those that I think going into the All Star break and into the trade deadline, if 
they're serious about trying to make a push in to second place, which is probably about all they can get to. Mm-hmm. They need to do it. They need and to go get I, like a legitimate ace. And yes. that's whether sales back or not. Like they're yeah, going to have to make a big trade for like a Brandon Woodruff type guy. Absolutely. They do that. They're, I think they could the maybe com- beat the Yankees in a three game series. Yeah. And they're back in the conversation. And it's one of those where it's like this everything gets interesting in the AOEs. Right. Um, right. But I think also when looking at it, right now they're 20 and 22. Their uh, win percentage is at 476. It's not terrible. No. But it's not where you historically would expect the Red Sox to be. It's one of those things where they're not in a terrible position right now, but they're going to have to pick it up because you're going to get too far behind of the Jays and the Rays. They're not as good as they have been past couple of years, but you know how they are. They can beat anybody any night, and the Yankees are best record in the MLB, so like they're going to have to pick it up soon if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah. But and- there's definitely cause for concern, but – I think they're one or two pieces away from being just as good as they have been. So I do wonder if once they hit, like if it, once it gets close to that trade deadline, if they're too far out of the race of a wild card or out of the race for first in the AL East, yeah. if they can become a seller. I think they can easily sell. On. I mean, they Devers is one of those guys that I could see them trading, but I think they still want to build around him. I mean, he's young, but I could easily see them moving Xander Bogarts at the trade yes. deadline for pitching. Um, and that honestly wouldn't be a terrible move. They have some good shortstops in their farm system with Jeter Downs and some other guys. But, you know, I'm I'm really liking – I kind of want to see him sell. My dad's a big Red Sox fan. It's a team I watch a lot. And I'd like to see some new faces. I mean, Xander Bogarts is a cornerstone. But at the same time, he's 28, 29. He's getting on up there. But Bogarts is definitely their centerpiece. So I don't see them moving him, but who knows? They could easily be sellers at the deadline if they aren't in a good position. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So moving on from the Red Sox, let's talk about a team that has no chance. <laughs> that is the Cincinnati Reds. God, it I mean, is a, it's a dumpster fire. I don't understand what they're trying to do. You know, they made that trade with uh, Seattle, giving them Winker and Suarez. And in my opinion, they got absolutely like robbed in that trade. Yes. And that was two of their best offensive players. And it's just like, what are y'all trying to do? Like, rebuild, sure. But, like, in what way are you trying to rebuild? Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati. Because I remember, like, I remember at the start of the season, there were – they were supposed to finish – or, like, projections just based off of, like, the team they have. They're supposed to finish third. Um, third. That's what I thought I saw. It was, like, above the – was it above the Cubs or Cards? Above the Cubs and the Pirates. Cards are – Or, well, I, I was amazing. talking about, like, who was supposed to be fourth. I couldn't remember. I knew Pirates would be fifth, but I couldn't remember if it was the Cubs or Cards. It was the Cubs, yeah. But I remember seeing that, and then it just – at one point, they uh, the projected, like, record they were supposed to finish with was, like, 20 and, like, 142 or something. Yeah. Like now, I was looking at it before we got on. They're on pace to finish forty-six and one sixteen. Mm-hmm. This current pace—it's the seventeenth worst of all time. Yeah, I mean they were three and twenty at one point, and that's just hard to even fathom. Um, because I mean you look at their roster, you're like, 
their best player is probably the pitcher, Tyler Molly, but like Brandon Jury is leading them in home runs and RBIs. They're Tyler Naquin's leading them in average at 270, which means better than the Braves. But like, it's just like, what are y'all doing? Because like when the Cubs sold, you know, Rizzo, Bryant, you know, Baez, I was like, what are y'all doing? But like, they ended up actually having guys come up that I thought were good. But like the Reds, it's just like, they've got a couple good corner pieces. Like I like Tyler Stevenson. I like Jonathan India, who's been hurt. But it's yeah. just like, I don't know what their plan is here. Like, I don't see a direction. I, I, don't, I don't either. I will say, also looking at, like, where they're at in the season, um, they have, out of the 42 games so far they've played, only 16 of those have been at home. Mm-hmm. All the others have been away. So that definitely might play a little bit into it. Yeah, because, um, you know, Great American Ballpark is good for hitting. Yes, arguably the second best in the major leagues behind cores, but it's just like, well, Yankee Sam says third, but I don't see this team getting any better anytime soon. And you can start a rebuild, but usually when teams start a rebuild, you see a couple like pieces. You're like, okay, those guys are going to be good. But like with the Reds, like Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, I like them, but they're not going to be guys that are going to carry a team to the playoffs. No. So I don't know what the Reds are doing. They don't need to trade away. They're the only tradable players they have are their only good ones. And it's like trading them wouldn't help you that much. I mean, unless you go full sell. I mean, they'd be like, what year was it? The 2013 Astros? Was it 13? The year they won like 30 something games? It was something like that, right? I think so. Anyways, anyways, but you can fact check me on that, by the way, real quick. But the yeah, Reds, this is like, what are y'all doing? I, I don't get it. Um, I want them to be good. You know, I like the Reds, but that division is getting tougher and tougher. You know, like the Pirates have good prospects coming up in the future. They're not good right now, obviously, but like O'Neill Cruz, Kebron Hayes, like they have guys. The Cubs, you know, they, they've got guys that are playing good, but like the Cardinals and the Brewers, they're not close to either of those teams. Mm. Was I right about 13? Uh, it was their worst year, yes, but uh, they went 51 and 111. Yeah, and it, so, it, it wasn't 30 so, some wins, but so it's awful. But I can see the Reds having a very similar record. I think they'll win 50 games, but like it, they're going to be they're going to be cutting it close. So moving on from the Reds, I mean, what else is there to say? They're horrible. They're the worst team in baseball right now. Um, so with the National League West. Arguably the best top three in baseball with the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. Where do you see that division shaking up? I've got the Diamondbacks finishing fifth, the Rockies finishing fourth, barely. I mean, that's four and five is going to be tight. I love the Padres, but even with Tatis, I think they're the third best team in that division. Yeah, I think, and we said it earlier, talking about the NL MVP with Machado. He's carrying that team right now. And while I think he can keep up a similar but maybe lessened uh, pace uh, that would still keep him on the MVP route, he can't carry that team the way he has been all season. Right. And like you said, like the Giants, they just get better the closer to October they get. So I think it's definitely it, – Dodgers, I think, are going to win the win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seems like they do. And – 
I think it, it is going to finish like Dodgers, Giants, Padres, then Rockies, Diamondbacks. Um, but it's going to be close regardless. The one through three and then the two, four and five are going to be close. It yeah. could shake up however it does. Yeah, I mean, that, that division is just insane. I think the Dodgers clearly have the best roster, but I could easily see the Giants winning that division. And like we said, you know, the Giants, you look at their lineup, you're like, how are they good? But <laughs> that lineup just hits. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're just good. But, you know, the Padres could win that division. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies, I'm going to say – I'm gonna, this is off topic, but I'm going to bring it up because I want to talk about it. The Rockies – you know, obviously they got they let Trevor Story walk, and I thought, okay, they're saving money. You know, that Nolan Arenado trade was awful, but then you're like, okay, they're saving money. They got rid of Story, whatever, and then they signed Chris Bryant to a massive contract, who has barely played because he's been hurt. And I'm like, why would you get rid of Story, who Colorado fan? I went, I spent three months in Denver. I went to about fifteen Rockies games. I know what their fans think. I know how they feel about stuff. And I'm like, there's two guys that you never trade. And that's Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman. Yes. And then Trevor Story, they're just like, okay, bye. You can walk. We're not going to pay you. And I just don't get it. He's a – and then you go sign Chris Bryant. It's like a slap in the face to the fans. It's like, hey, we're going to save money and get rid of these guys. And the fans are like, okay, we understand. Then you're like, okay, we're going to go spend all that money we saved on a guy who hasn't been good since his rookie year in Colorado in uh, Chicago. Yeah. And it's, it's like I just don't get it. I don't I don't I don't know that it's similar to the Reds. Like what's the direction? Like if I'm the Rockies, I'm investing in pitching because whoever you can't have average pitchers in Colorado. No. Because they're gonna be bad pitchers. You can have good pitchers in Colorado who are going to be average pitchers, like Hermaine Marquez. He's one of my favorite pitchers in the major leagues. But because he's pitching at Coors Field half the year, he's an average pitcher. I think if he was pitching at a pitcher's ballpark like, I don't know, San Francisco, sure. He'd be in Cy Young conversations, but he's not. And it's like you have to invest in guys that are going to be able to go out and say, here, I'm going to allow three to four runs. You guys have to score more than that. But it feels like the Rockies go out there every game and they tell their offense, basically, you guys are going to have to score seven runs on this ball. And that's yeah. just not realistic in the majors, especially in that division. They have no chance of being anywhere close in that division for the foreseeable future. Neither do the Diamondbacks. And that division is going to be one, two, three for a long time. And it's hard to see. But – you know, that was off topic. But anyways, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, one, two, three, one A, one B, one C. Who knows? Yeah. I think the Dodgers are gonna pull away just because they have the deepest lineup, deepest team. But it always seems to be it's just the it's it's the Dodgers. Always it's seems the to Dodgers. Be yeah. So moving on from that, we're gonna talk about our last thing and we're gonna talk about some prospects. We're gonna talk about three guys specifically. One, we're gonna talk about Allie Rutschman. So he got called up this week one of the most highly touted prospects for a long time, you know, switch hitting catcher in Baltimore. I mean, they've needed a guy for a long time. And you're looking at Baltimore and you're thinking to yourself, man, they got some young guys that could really help them turn around. 
like Ryan Mountcastle, if he can figure it out, Rutschman, and then they have the number two prospect now in Grayson Rodriguez, starting pitcher. And it's just like they've got dudes. They really do. But at the same time, they're in the second hardest division in baseball. So are they really going to be able to compete once these guys get going? Or is it just false hope? It's one of those that I think only time will tell. It, I guess the pessimist in me that doesn't come out often, but looking at the Orioles, um, it, it is false hope. With a team like the Yankees that has the money to spend um, on any and everybody that comes out, the Rays who have in the past and continue to do take the, a page out of the athletics book from the early 2000s and Moneyball, always seem to find guys and always seem to find a way to do at least decently well, secure a spot somewhere around three. They don't spend any money. Yeah, no, it's insane how they're able to put together a team like Mm -hmm. they are. Um, But like a team like the Blue Jays who added some good pieces once they start clicking. Yep. Super young, like has a lot of a future to it. And like the difference between like the Jays and the Orioles and how young their lineups are, the Jays, they're young, but they're already like established. They're yeah. already showing what they can do. As for the Orioles, they're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we talked about the Red Sox and where they're at currently, but it's historically you look at it, it's like that's a team that when they do figure it out what they're trying to do, they're a team that's hard to beat. And so if I had to guess over the next couple of years, it's going to be false hope. Yeah. Um, I mean – I feel like even with our false hope, that's what we're that's what we're establishing here. Adley Rushman could be the best catcher in baseball in two to three years. I mean, he has that potential. But oh, absolutely, one bat can't carry a baseball team. It, that just can't happen. So I'm leaning towards false hope too. But honestly, once they get more guys up and you know see what happens, who knows? But false hope probably for me. Moving on to another team with a lot of false hope. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates. O'Neill Cruz, why is he not playing in the majors right now? I have yet to figure that one out. I mean, I I, I don't understand what their goal is. I think I was was looking at it currently in AAA, and I don't know if it's injury or what. I couldn't figure that one out. I didn't necessarily dig as deep as I probably should have. Mm -hmm. But his batting average is is like – it's like it's below 200. Yeah. Um, and that's what he's currently hitting at, at the AAA level. Um, but his on base percentage is above three. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those where I think he was up last season at some point, and I think up maybe at one point this season, but it's also the Pirates. It, it's a similar situation to the Orioles of it doesn't or it doesn't seem like they know necessarily what they're going to do with some of their players. Yeah. yeah. It kind of feels like O'Neill Cruz is like his mind's not there because he's like, I should be in the majors. Why am I here? And yeah. you just can't have that mindset because it's like you have to trust the organization because like if you start getting in that mindset, you're going to hit below 200 and stuff. Oh, Baseball is a really big mental sport, but um. I don't know if I'm Pittsburgh. I call him up to see what he can do. And if he's not ready, you send him back down. That, I, think that's the what thing, I, I think the thing is, is Pitt, what does Pittsburgh have to lose? 
Yeah. They're fourth, they're fourth in their division and they're half game back behind the Cubs in third. They're not going to finish below the Reds. No, um, and they won't make a stretch of spot. So I was like, what, what's the hurt in bringing O'Neill Cruz up, giving him a chance to just keep running it out? Because I think he, the few games he did play in the majors, uh, I think his average over them was uh, 333 or like 300 above that. He was doing really well, perceived really well, and maybe just didn't defensively look like he was ready. But yeah. Yeah, well, I think they should call him up and see what happens. I mean, what do you have to lose, like we said? Um, so our last prospect we're going to talk about is a brave, and that's Michael Harris. What do you think I love about that man? That? I love that man. I uh I, I purposely like I try and I try and stay involved uh through social media at least with every level of the Braves. I I love the team. I want to know who's gonna hopefully one day make it all the way up. Mm-hmm. Just always have that connection. And also like if they don't if they end up getting traded or moved on, still know the players that are going around the league. Everything I've seen, I every I feel like it's every time I open up um Instagram at this point. And I see that the Mississippi Braves have posted something. It's, it's always about Michael Harris. Yeah. As he hit, he's hit a home run. He is uh hit a walk-off uh, single or double, or he is constantly doing stuff. Um mm. I know this season specifically, he's hit uh just below 300. He's above 350 on base, uh slugging above 500. So he's doing really well. He's got 30 runs. Uh, 48 hits, 14 walks, 27 RBIs. He's fast. He is a good player, and he, he's he's somebody I'm looking forward to when they get to the league. And I think he, realistically, you'll see him up in the majors. Hopefully, not next season, but the season after, and if not, then then the one after that. Um, the real question I actually have it listed on here in my notes is I'm, I'm waiting for that call-up to AAA. I don't know yeah. why they haven't moved him up there yet. I mean, I think once he gets to AAA, I mean, it's, hey, we want you potentially to be ready by the end of the year to be in yes. Atlanta. Because AAA is, like, basically an extended bench. Um, I mean, you know, you know how last year was and how this year's been going. We've had so many injuries in our outfield. Who knows? I could see him going up. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those I, – I, he's the one player in our farm system. At one point, it was like – it was Drew Waters um, that I was really looking forward to. Yeah. But now it, it's it's Michael Harris. That mm-hmm. is that is the one player I'm most excited about to see them get all – go from Mississippi – or, well, he started in Rome. Go from Rome to Mississippi to Gwinnett up to Atlanta. Work his way up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm still – I'm still a Drew Waters fan, but Michael Harris has definitely taken that for me. You know, like when we traded Shea Langoliers and Christian Pache to the A's for Olsen, I mean, a lot of people were upset about that. But at the same time, I'm like, we still have two really, really, like, solid outfield prospects. And, you know, Pache, he just – he wasn't hitting at the major league level. Um, now, he's he's looked good for the A's. Yeah, wow. I mean, <laughs> you could argue well, he's their best player. But, I mean, it's just – we, well, he, he needed a change of scenery. We needed Matt Olson way more than we needed Christian Pache and Shea Langoliers because people worried about that Langoliers move, but William Contreras is looking like our catch of the future. So it's like 
I think this tra- <laughs> I think that trade worked out. I really do. Oh, I fully agree. I I Matt Olson I definitely... is having a he's getting hate for his batting average, but he's got the highest OBP on the team and he's hitting the ball really hard. Eventually those are gonna start landing. Yes. And so. he I, his vision at the plate is is so nice to see. He he can he he's really good at working that walk, frustrating pitchers. Um and I look I'm I'm glad we signed him to the deal we did too. Yeah, I think he's only going to get better, especially in an organization like the Braves that, that he loves. Yes. Yeah. And you know, he, and he's the best defensive first baseman in the league. I can, you can debate that with a wall. I don't care. That's just the truth. I mean, you can't reflect you can't replace Freddie Freeman. But I don't want Braves fans to think that's what he's doing. He is no. Matt Olson. He's not Freddie Freeman. He'll never be Freddie Freeman. So yeah. yeah, Matt. He, he's 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 carving his own path with the Braves. Yeah, and, and he's been good this year. I've, like I said, he's hitting the ball really hard. He's had some bad luck. I mean, once those balls start landing, you're going to be like, "This is the best thing we've ever done." But that's all. That's all we got time for tonight. So, Ben, we're going to be back next week. We're going to do this weekly, and if we occasionally miss a week, we will double record the next week. Baseball is one of those sports where. If we take two weeks off, there's going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> we, just, we just can't do that. So, look for these weekly. Um, they're a really good time. We love baseball. Uh, so, we appreciate you guys listening, and thank you. Thank you all.